From Johannesburg to Jerusalem, the world is always changing, growing and innovating. Join Benji Shulman for the next hour as he brings you the trendsetters, the thought leaders and those creating news before it happens. Only on the New Blue Review, your favorite Jewish culture and current affairs show. Every Monday at 9 a.m. right here on 101.9 High FM. You're listening to 101.9 Chai FM. I'm Benji Shulman. This is the New Blue Review. Welcome to the program on this Monday morning. And if you had never heard that song before that we were playing, well, you probably may have heard it before because we occasionally do play it on the show. But it's one of my favorites called Talk to the Trees uh, by The Bang. And uh, I thought I had to play it because I like that song. And uh, and my guest is busy correcting me. There's also a color faction version of it, although I do like the original. But anyway, uh, yeah, I like that version. And because it's my birthday, I decided I was going to play the whole thing in full. So uh, I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, and it's, uh, it's a great song. So you should definitely go out and play it some more. Now, uh, what have we got on the show for you today? So we're going to be talking about the faction discussion. The faction. Yeah, it's a color faction, actually. Very interesting. Uh, but in Israel, the ne- negotiations around the coalition in Israel. What are some of the issues that are going to be up? And we're seeing some of the brinkmanship that is already starting to play out in the Israeli system, as it always does with coalition. But what's actually on the table? So I... Um, so we'll be, we'll be talking about that, uh, but first we are going to be talking to Brad Katzen. He is a director, uh, a writer, a producer, and an owner of a company called Thirty Three Films. And he has recently had uh, on Amazon Prime launched a new horror film called The Domestic. So we're going to be finding out uh, about that, about filmmaking in South Africa, and what other films you might want to expect to see out of him uh, because uh, these days you don't even have to go to a cinema to see a film. You can just uh, turn it onto your local streaming service so they are more accessible than ever. And if you are a big film aficionado, why don't you get hold of us? 34519 is the SMS line and uh, you will be able to ask any questions that you will like to ask because, uh, you know, that's uh, what we do here. We, we let people ask questions. Brad Katzen, welcome to Chaifem. Thanks for being with us on the New Blue Review. Thank you for having me. Good to be here. So first of all, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your, 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 your director-producer um, journey. You've been doing this for, for quite a long time. Pretty much since I could walk, yeah. That's kind of, I think, when uh, the first <laughs> inklings began, yes. And, and, and professionally speaking, I mean, where did you study and uh, sort of what kind of work have you worked on and until um, yeah, no. So I was um, I was definitely that cliche kid back in high school, making, getting my friends back in my backyard after school, and like you know making little weird, crazy things there with like my you know video camera. Um, then I decided to uh, check out After, which lasted pretty well until I got um, expelled. That was fun. Was it because of a film that you made? Yeah, I may have may have pushed some boundaries that uh, questioned some ethics <laughs> and ideas of what they were looking for, um, but it was fine. It was cool. We um, then moved to uh, Vitz, where I finished a four-year bachelor honors honors degree in, in writing and screenwriting, and then yeah, from there sort of got into the, got into the industry from the um, post-production side, doing some editing and like commercial research and stuff, and then yeah, sort of built my way into the writing directing sector. So, so this is something that you've been been doing now. 
in, in South Africa, we have a kind of a small movie industry. And often with small movie industries, you get a kind of predominating type of film. I think South Africa is probably very famous for lion documentaries or something like that. Uh, Definitely the one to, to stick it, up for, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want to make a wildlife documentary, we're the, we're the place to come. Uh, you decided to make a horror film, uh, which is kind of a, a, a bit of a different genre, uh, and B, maybe considered a bit of a Western genre, uh, if if you think of the zombie eating apocalypse type uh, type film, so you sort of had to Africanize it as well, didn't you? Uh, yeah, hundred percent. I think for me, so like I've always been more in the genre space. That's always been my my own little um, preference has just been to you know the more entertaining side of things mm-hmm. um, as opposed to yeah some of the more sort of somber um, serious type of stuff and. Uh, for us, um, you know, in, as part of 33 Films with my producer, Sean, Sean Naidu, we wanted to sort of make that first foray into feature filmmaking. And we wanted to figure out, like, sort of what would be the, the sort of smartest, most efficient way to, to, to make a bit of a splash. Mm-hmm. And um, what we sort of decided was sort of looking into the research of it. Like, horror is a genre that throughout the whole filmmaking history has never gone out of style. Mm-hmm. There's always been a market for horror films. It's an e- it's not an easy genre to to make, but it's a... It's a it's a simple genre to to work off because you only need a good concept and very little resources. A low low budget horror is like something that you can you can put you can effectively accomplish. Oh. Yeah, you don't you don't need like a big name. You don't need a big budget. If you've got a good idea and sort of smart smart use of resources, then you can do a lot with a little. And that was sort of what we wanted to try and achieve. So, with that in mind, we took on sort of the idea of telling a story that um, set in Africa that could only be told in South Africa. We wanted to, to make something that would introduce international audiences to um, some ideas and concepts and cultural practices that they may not have been exposed to from um, sort of a, an African standpoint, you know? Well, which I think is a very interesting perspective. I mean, in some cases, the idea of South Africa going through a, a zombie apocalypse is maybe not so far-fetched. You know, we have ESCOM and COVID and... Uh, sewage being dumped into the sea in Durban. So you have all the ingredients for one of those type of films. But you've, you've kind of made it more personal. You've, you've, you've gone a little bit, uh, and as you say, cultural to, 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 to make this sort of horror film. It's called The Domestic, uh, which is something I want to talk about as well. But talk to us about that idea, because you do get lots of different horror films. Not everything is, you know, cutting off body parts and eating brains. No, unfortunately not. I mean, as much as that's all I would love to be watching, uh, you got to you got to diversify. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, no. So, for, so we we kind of we kept things sort of simple. Yeah, the domestic. Um, our film is essentially about a upper class married couple whose housekeeper unexpectedly passes away, and they um, hire the daughter of uh, their recently deceased housekeeper and bring her into their into their home, not realizing that she's actually a bit of a psycho crazy witch girl who starts destroying them from the inside and leading to very sort of macabre supernatural developments that uh yeah have some some fun family antics for everyone <laughs> it's very 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 interesting we're talking to brad katzen today he's a director uh, and screenwriter talking about his new amazon prime film the domestic which is uh, just out i'm benji shulman and this is 101.9 hi fm this is the new blue review with benji shulman 101.9 Chai FM. I'm Benji Shulman. This is the New Blue Review. Talking to Brad Katzen today, who is a director and screenwriter. A uh, new film out called uh, The Domestic, and uh, it's uh, been on Amazon Prime. And 
just talking about what it's like to make films in, in South Africa and in general. Uh, Brad, I just wanted to stay with the topic of the idea of horror uh, for for a moment. It, it is kind of an interesting, from a South African institutional perspective, you know, domestic workers have this history of kind of exploitation and and also have a kind of if, if you if you read literature and that sort of thing have a a sort of uncomfortable place in suburban uh in, in suburban life because they're there they look after your kids they feed your dog they do they clean the house but at the same time you know do they take the sugar or the or or, or, or steal things or uh or, or whatever um, there's this whole like mythology around domestic workers and and having someone who's effectively a stranger in your intimate space, who might who can sometimes can turn out to be almost more important than other members of your family, which is very ripe for the kind of intimate psychodrama type thing that you would maybe want to have when when making a horror film. I mean, that's, yeah, 100% nailed it. I think that is, and that's exactly what sort of um, sparked the idea, was uh, the idea that with, you know, domestic workers is a very sort of inherently South African idea. Uh-huh. It's something that's, um, it, it's sort of, you know, it's it's peppered around other parts of the world, but in sort of the, the, the dynamic that we that we have here in terms of sort of that class disparity and, and um, the, the, the the level of inequality that sometimes mar- that plays out between um, sort of the domestic and the homeowner and the employer is something that I thought would be an interesting theme to like unpack and again from a South African perspective to sort of put that out there into um, a film that we can see that plays internationally and expose that to some audiences that again I don't think are 100% versed in that and even from a local side may not have really explored that themselves you know they may be aware of it but haven't really done much sort of consideration to how all of those kinds of elements that you're describing may may impact them or play out in like their day to day so the domestic for us as a film was all about exploring that idea you know like the um the concepts of yeah class wealth um how 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 well do you know the people that you let into your home that invasion of privacy and sort of where that line is and straddling that and yeah just how easy it is to kind of like how much of a balancing act that really is and sort of how easy the the cracks can sort of come out if there is someone that is unstable enough to try and um sabotage you from like within your own sort of space you know now, you, to add on to that, you also add on this other layer of maybe traditional African culture. In in the in the trailer, you sort of talk about the calling and and all this sort of thing. I mean, how far did you go into a sort of authentic representation of culture? Or did you sort of just use it as a a general guiding tool for how the the, the so, thing went? So for 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 all of us on the film, it was super important that we were authentic to the to the actual cultural practices. So mm-hmm. we did there was tons of research consulting with actual Sangomas and traditional healers. I was very sort of aware of the fact that um, the story that we're telling there's a certain sensitivity to some of the material in terms of what's out there and how people may respond to it. Yeah. So as part of the story writing and, you know, when I was in the process of, of putting everything together, I wanted to make sure that we kind of show both sides of it, you know. So as as much as I'm obviously trying to do like an entertaining horror film that might freak out some audiences, I do want to have it, sort of do that within the right 
framework, you know, and with and without sort of making it exploitational. And I think that's sort of the 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 the, the juggling act that you have to you have to do with these kinds of things. So we had actual like proper consultants. We had some of our cast members were practicing sangomas who were able to also help guide the scenes and and make sure that the materials and and what we're seeing were were authentic enough. With it, yes, there was a little bit of creative license, but within the right parameters, and that's sort of how we um, approached it. Because it is interesting in in South African film, some of the most famous and even controversial films in South African history exactly do this either well or badly, uh, and, and that's why. I mean, I, I'm think my I'm just thinking of like the the Reasonable Man, uh, which is about a, a t- someone who kills someone because he, he thinks they're a tokolosh or something, and then there was. Um, I can't pronounce it in Kosa, but it was the wound, which is about LGBTI issues in Kosa culture. Yeah, uh, and 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 so that's it's a very interesting uh, dynamic. Exactly what you're saying. How do you tell the story of this uh, cultural phenomenon as well as a, a kind of more classic horror thing and, and bring them together without without annoying people for the wrong reasons? Yeah, exactly. And I think that was look, I. I I also subscribe to the notion you can't please everybody, and yeah. if you do, you don't please anyone. It's it's sort of a bit of a paradox there. So we we endeavoured as our, as best we can, and again, we the, the people in support that we had on set sort of speak to that commitment that we were that we were striving for. And with our again with our cast, we had you know Tuli Tibete, um, Amanda Dupont, Tomisha Masha, who's also our producer, and along with the rest of our crew and cast, we're able to assess and make sort of the best judgment calls for what we were needing to do um, within that, which is why, again, we were, you know, as much as we show some of the more witchcrafty and sort of African traditional muti kind of stuff that might, that also is sort of prevalent, we were also very careful to make sure that there's also like, you know, expand on the notion that there is a there is a good aspect to this there is a positive part of this of Sangoma's and traditional healing and, and using that to help enable people to be better and, and live their lives better and and Again, that's what I thought was interesting about just that whole, just the cultural practices in general is sort of where those two worlds coexist and how that, that, that plays into modern life, you know, because you're looking with a lot of traditional ancestral ideas and ideologies and in modern, you know, the modern world today, there's, there's, some, there's a bit of pushback on that. And again, part of what I, what I explore in the film is where, where c- can those two places exist together? Mm. Now, it's interesting you talk about the cost. I mean, you've got some, some serious names that you've managed to haul in. I mean, Amanda DuPont is a, is a well-known uh, figure for just as one example uh, in the local film scene. But uh, she's more of like a soapy star, right? So you, you've kind of uh, gone in and, 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 and found an interesting niche film. What was it like sort of uh, recruiting these actresses and actors for, for a film like this? Um, it was a, it was a it was a fun process, I have to say. Uh, we did a I mean we did a we did an open casting call. Okay. But uh, also w- what was instrumental was um, Tumisha Masha, the one of the other actors, was was also a producer. And me and him, we and Sean, we all kind of go back quite a while. We, he's been with us working on projects, sort of from the open like my short first short film. You know, he was part of that, and he was also like just a key component of of recruiting the right actors that he thought could help with us and bringing them in. And just sort of testing them out, and yeah, Amanda coming on was was a really fun um, exercise because yeah, like you said, you, she's not someone that you would normally attribute to this kind of role or this kind of um, sort of character, you know. And um, sort of seeing her uh, just throw herself into it was fantastic. I mean, yeah, as part of our film festival run, we've been doing the whole international festival run. She's 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 claimed a couple of awards from like best villain to best actress. She's um, yeah, she's definitely made a mark. 
That's, that's very, very interesting. Uh, uh, okay, so you, you had to sell the concept to the actors. But now this thing is coming out on uh, Amazon Prime. It must have been quite a thing to sell to the Americans. Not really. Huh? They were. No, they, they like the idea of like Sangormas going around. You just got to show some body parts being cut off, and everyone just starts salivating over there. It's crazy. No, uh, we we well. So what happened was we you know once we had some once we got a bit of a distributor locally in place, mm-hmm. we then started taking the film into sort of the international festival circuit. So that so we started kind of just trying to um, play it overseas and European American markets, and just start getting a sense of how things um, played out there. And we got a really good reception, particularly in America, where we. Um, we premiered at um, Screamfest in LA and um, claimed uh, a couple of awards there for also Tamisha won Best Actor there. And um, at uh, in the Austin Film Festival, we got the Jury Award, which was sort of the, you know, like the vote. judges. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kind of for, for, the, for the genre sort of category. So there's definitely a, a, a great appetite, I think, for, again, international stories and, and stories that people haven't usually been exposed to, you know. And again, that was part of our strategy, which was delightfully uh, yielding the fruits <laughs> <laughs> talking to Brad Katzen today about his new film called The Domestic if you have any questions 34519 is the SMS line uh, and let us know if you have a favorite South African film or or a uh, or any kind of film that you you're enjoying out there we'd, we'd, we'd really love love to hear from you um, so so once you you sort of started with the film circuit did you then get approached by by Amazon to say, well, we want to we want to put this on a, on a streaming distribution. So the way it usually goes is, your you you've once you've got the film made, you start sort of trying to find distribution for it. Mm-hmm. Now, what's kind of been interesting for us in, in navigating this, especially as first time filmmakers, and like sort of very indie, where you know everything was self funded, we grassroots, you know, got everything sort of just pulled f- together, all our resources, friends, friends, family, like and all fools. Yeah. That's all, the, all, the, all, the three. That's the key. That's the key one. Definitely. You know, <laughs> I'm the, the, the top of the food chain on that one. Um, and, uh, so, so before the market would be, you'd go into theatrical release, you'd go into cinemas, you'd yeah. get distribution with like a stereochemical or something. And they'd put the film out there. Now after COVID and everything, like the, the sort of landscape shifted quite dramatically where cinema has almost become like a C grade, concept especially in south africa where it's not it's just not a viable market if you want to make any back back any of the fu- of your investment so yeah. for us it was about then approaching streaming services and using our distribution sales agents to start you know talking to like a netflix and amazon who like show Mac, all of those all of the sort of names and seeing um where they would fit in and what their interest level would be so we actually started approaching them and um of the bunch amazon gave us the most um lucrative a, 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 attractive deal <laughs> that's what we'll call it so i mean i, I am without obviously giving away any of the financials or whatever in, in terms i never of have to work again i'm uh, just kidding yeah, <laughs> yeah but but not because you have so much money right <laughs> different reasons uh i mean it, it, i'm just interested whether the actual streaming model if you were to do this the more traditional way uh, with the cinemas i mean how do i ask this is it is it having gone now through the streaming service and doing the promotion, whatever, w- w- would you say that that actually has been a better option than going through the cinemas? Like it was worthwhile enough that you could say, okay, well, we made a good film. We can actually now do this again and go back to them and, and, and sell it again. Like the, the business process works. No, look, sure, yeah, that's a fair question. And um, I think the thing, it, the short answer is there's no real way to know right. because 
a lot of this is such a sort of crapshoot in a lot of ways, especially from the theatrical side, because there's there's no formula to what's a successful film release. Right. The 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 biggest sort of differential here is a theatrical release requires a lot more moving parts. So when you're going theatrical, there's a lot more other players that sort of come into the game, which take a piece of the pie mm. from the the profits and everything. And or a piece of the popcorn in, in the case of a theatrical release. I mean, magical words. <laughs> yes, uh, exactly. And um, the the thing is with um, streaming you're kind of just dealing with sort of the streaming service and they can, you know, you can negotiate an, uh, a deal, a better licensing price from them and um, sort of just keep it a bit cleaner almost, you know? Right. But when it comes to which one's better or worse, it's hard to say. Um, for us, I think that it's, again, from like a film fan, it's always like the dream to have your film on a the, cinema the on the big, big screen, screen and yeah. exactly all of that. So that's always my my first choice. But again, I'm not I'm not I'm not precious about this stuff, and I understand the realities of where we are. And seeing how this um, has turned out for us is again like a, it's a it's a great it's a great result. I've, there's no complaints. One hundred one point nine. Chayef Marco the Gent has SMS in to say I enjoyed the power of one. It was a great movie. Yeah, absolutely. Thank. You. That's it a, was. a a classic one. So thank you, Marco. Three four five one nine. If you have. Uh, a favorite um, favorite show, you uh, South African film uh, that you'd like to, to let us know about. We'd be very happy, uh, very happy to take it. Now let's move away from the horror because it's not the only film that you're making. And it's not the only streaming service that you're working with. You, you also have a, a Netflix show coming out uh, at some point called Soweto Blaze, which is not a well, I mean, maybe it is a horror. I don't know, uh, but it, it sounds to me like something a little bit different uh, than what you what you're doing at the moment. That is uh, that is accurate. Yes. No. It's uh, yeah. So we are currently wrapping up uh, post production on uh, Sweater Blaze, sort of, which will be released via Netflix, and that is yeah, that's a very big foray away from um, from uh, the horror the horror genre. This is more on a this is more of a stoner comedy. Okay. Very kind of lighthearted. This is a, this is more of like a love letter to Soweto as a as a as a place and and Joburg and it's 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 a much more sort of romantic uh, rom com action almost like a like a crime caper um, story. So I think that's uh, also like just some in in today's climate. I feel like you also you want to get a little bit of an escape escapist entertainment, and that's what sort of the th- the through line for Soweto Blaze is going to be. Very, very interesting. Uh, where do you see South African film at the moment? Because it's like, uh, it, whenever you have this discussion about films that are being made, there's always this complaints about lack of funding, lack of government support. Uh, you know what? You know, and yet at the same time, we we, we have you know movies about octopuses winning uh, Oscars. Uh, so, so where do you see things in terms of in terms of how our film industry is looking at the moment? I think that there's a, it's it's an, it's an interesting climate at this stage because from my experience I will say that I think the government support is actually very quite strong mm. in in that regard because okay. you know there's in fact I think we're one of the few countries in the world that that really have um, government funding initiatives that really enable filmmakers to do what we need to do the DTI has an emerging filmmakers grant which is an amazing resource when it works um, it has some issues but it, overall it's a really really um, uh, lucrative um, approach, and it, I think it's it's a uh, it's it's almost a necessity if you're if you're looking to get a film made. It's it's one of the few places that you would um, be able to access funds. The NFEF are also like a big support. They've they've helped with us sort of travel for um, festivals and things. They've they've been part of that process as well. So I think the government funding aspects of it are strong enough to to think that there's it gives me hope, you know. And also with um, 
if you look at sort of where we were at as, a, as an industry almost like 10, 20 years ago in terms of the quality of films, like we're constantly on a gradient just moving up. And I think the way I'm, my expectation would be that's going to continue just because there's now more investment than ever from streaming services coming into the country to um, start developing African content and making stories from Africa that can travel um, because they see that there's an opportunity for that, uh, the, for the market and for just different kinds of stories that people haven't really seen yet. You know, like I think Disney Plus is coming in from next year as well. So there'll be a lot more investment from just all sides. Like there's just going to be more opportunities for it. So, so you're really seeing this, the streaming services putting money where they're, clicks are and sort of saying well we're going to put money into making movies so that we can have it on 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 our services 100 percent. i mean the my film so widow blaze was commissioned by netflix to 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 be made so we we pitched to them we sold them on the concept and then they um allocated the resources for us to make the film which is i mean remarkable because even five ten years ago the only options would have been as you said the dti or like some version of the sabc uh, yeah. So, so you know, that's that's kind of very, very interesting. And then, of, and of course, like Ebnet and uh, those sorts of things. So, it's kind. It is interesting that there is suddenly an opportunity for extra investment in the industry. Hundred percent. And I think, I think, especially when that like, Netflix first arrived, like there was there was definitely a shakeup in terms of what we thought sort of the 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 lay of the land looked like. Mm. And um, we're just seeing sort of more and more of that now just materialize from. Again, that investment in the content and, and Netflix is commissioning, you know, a bunch of different sorts of things. Um, Amazon Prime now as well is looking into, you know, all sorts of things. They're, they're, they're putting their roots in here. And I think more streaming services will be following suit, which, um, again, can only be a good thing because they can see that there's an audience. And where there's an audience, there's an appetite. And that is what's going to, yeah, just help increase the, the industry as a whole and can only, can only do good things. So what has the reception been like? Um, you've spoken a bit about a bit about the a bit about the actual the festivals, but the but the streaming service. Do they tell you how many people look at it, or do they, do you get any feedback at all? How, how does that work? I wish, <laughs> I wish. Oh, how I wish! No, they're they're remarkably tight-lipped, and this is a general thing around all of their or even the the big budget crazy like you know high end um, you know, Hollywood productions like. Yeah. The Netflixes and Amazons and everything are very notoriously typed for it, and they, um, yeah, they'll they'll kind of give you a gauge like we're happy with the progress or we're happy with what what what's, what the numbers are, but that's about as much as you get. They don't get any actual stats, or at least to us, they haven't gone very deep diving onto how the the film's been playing. But they seemed happy, so that's that's good enough for they're me. Ha- they're happy, you're happy. So if people want to see the films, they want to see any of your films in general, uh, where can they where can they go about finding it? So the domestic, yeah, is currently streaming on Amazon Prime. So you can check it out there. I mean, it's a, there's a seven there's a seven day free trial if you want, if anyone hasn't signed up. And it's um, yeah, there's some really cool stuff there. So the domestic is on Amazon Prime, and then I have a film on, on uh, Showmax called um, Stick Up, um, and then yeah, So Widow Blaze will be released on Netflix soon. Okay, so you can uh, really across the platform you can find a, a Brad Katzen film to to uh, you know meet your needs, whatever whatever those are, uh, whether it's horror or, or light-hearted entertainment. What is the stick-up about? Uh, that is also a stoner comedy about a uh, petrol attendant who gets um, mistaken for a jewel thief. And yeah, fun antics ensue. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Brad, thank you so much uh, for, for joining us on 101.9 Chai FM uh, and best of luck with the, the release of all the films. Sounds like uh, a lot of fun. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. There we are. That is Brad Katzen, uh, owner, director, producer, scriptwriter of uh, 33 films. I mean, 
that's the company, not the number that he's made. But we'll, I'm sure you'll get there. Uh, I am Benji Shulman, and this is 101.9 High FM.